Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the Explicit Measures Podcast with Tommy, Seth, and Mike. Hello, everybody. Hello, Mike, and a happy Tuesday to you. This there it is. Valentine's it's a special I, Tuesday. Yes, I have a poem it's for you guys. Full of love. Ooh, yes. a poem. I know where Ooh. this came from. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't <laughs> I mean, talk about this before. Let's let's hear about the poem. Roses like are it. red, data is two, and the Power BI podcast is here for you. Oh. With insights and tips to help you see the potential of your data oh so clearly. The hosts are passionate and their expertise will guide you through with utmost ease. From visualization to data modeling, you learn to make your data as you sing. Um, if you want to gain an edge and make your data work for you instead, listen to the Explicit Measures podcast today and see how it can light up your day. Every Tuesday and Thursday at 7.30 a.m. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's not included. Sorry, I didn't no ask that part to rhyme. Warranty so. only lasts as long as you listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, I didn't write this. This is the world taking over now. Oh. Man. I know exactly where that came from. That is a that is a GPT chat type uh, question that you made there. Tommy's getting actually really... Tommy's been sharing me with me some stuff that he's been doing. He's been getting really good about using and optimizing how the chat GPT engine works and what kind of prompting you can give it. It's incredible what you can ask it to like figure out now anymore. So it's really impressive. It's creepy. My brothers and I like uh, on on chatting back and forth throughout the the days last week, we go through um, my younger brother always finds himself in really like funny situations and I mm-hmm. can't I can't lay out the entirety of like what <laughs> what happened at the coffee shop drive through but needless to say he inadvertently said one word instead of another when mm-hmm. talking to and it's not bad or anything but I he lays this all out and I'm we're laughing having to laugh and and at the same time we were using chat gpt and and what I did was uh did the uh, my brother is in, in laid out the scenario yeah. for chat GPT. And yep. I was like, describe for me a, a funny, you know, situation where he accidentally used this car, this, this, you know, phrase when these people were in the car and dude, it was creepy. It wasn't like exact, but it was creepy. Just like, wow. Like, do I really need my brother to tell me a funny story or do I just, just ask chat GPT, chat GPT no. fab- fabricate, yeah. you know, yeah. some things for me? But yeah, it's uh, it's definitely reached the new level. Well, that. and I, there's a really cool GitHub repo, you know, like they do like the awesome PowerShell or awesome whatever. Mm-hmm. They have an awesome like GPT prompts. So you can basically one of the favorite my favorite one right now is Dan, which is basically can do anything. But you can say like, hey. I want you to act like a developer. You, this is your motive kind of thing. And then you want to put that into the chat, everything else you say. So, I mean, honestly, I, I will say where people are really afraid and uh, Satya actually said this too, but I agree with them. People are like, are you this going to take away jobs? Is chat GPT going to take away jobs? I'm like, no, this is maybe a little, but honestly for, for us too, like this has been such a productive part of my workflow now has been chat GPT. Yep. And I think I would also argue here too, if the technology is open to everyone and everyone can use it, is it really accelerating some people versus others other than the fact that you need to take some time to learn it? Yeah. Is it, is it leveling the playing field or is it just kind of raising the whole playing field for everyone? And maybe, well, and that's I don't know. The thing. Like ultimately I, I think it could very well impact jobs. Absolutely. 
because yeah. if if just the the power of it already is is it's not even in a state where it's supposed to like do that and it, it could potentially do that right like if depending on the inputs yeah. you know for example we talk about this all so um the interesting thing is i think the 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 main version everybody is using is still on old data right it's 2021 yep. yeah um but if you ask if you ask this thing to like code for you or develop a site or like do these specific things that especially if you want to transition one code into a different language or something it does that right mm -hmm. so what, what's interesting to me is i do think it's a pivot point of some sort and that's just my personal opinion mike and i were talking over the weekend it's like i think this to me has a ring of you know like i'm gonna look back on this time and be like yep 2023 that's the first time we saw chat gpt and ai yeah. right where it goes from here will be interesting right but i think that's what's most interesting to me about it you got a lot of interest in in, in the chats of the gpts of the ai mm -hmm. uh, i was listening to you know online shorts or youtube or whatever and i think it was the ceo they were talking about how it got out right like they just released the other the previous versions there wasn't much traction because the models themselves weren't geared towards responses right like human readable things that make sense to us but the models have been out there for a while mm -hmm. so this yep. is what 3.5 or something and the the way people are taking off with it i think is surprising to them because at the same time he, his voice was yes it's amazing but it, it's not really a product yet it wasn't designed to be what what it can it's do, crazy right? and, yeah. and when they start talking about alluding to the fact of like just how powerful this is and the fact that they're not releasing it because they don't know what the ramifications are societal wise mm -hmm. gets gets very interesting for me well and honestly i yeah they, they say they're already coming up with chat gpt4 which is like five times the amount as neural networks or whatever which is insane but to me this is no different than when google really search came out and i don't think people saw the implications right away it's like my ability to be a power bi developer is somewhat tied to my ability to search on google mm -hmm. and and i think this yeah. is going to be a little no different like my ability to continue to keep up and learn skills is going to be my ability to chat gpt or prompt or do those searches because it's an amazing tool set to learn it will not it will not keep your job because obviously it's not perfect but man, if you can utilize this as a tool, like it's already enhancing it for me. So to me, it's like in that same game, yeah. game, yeah. Where I think, I think this was. simplifies a lot of skills, right? Like, mm -hmm. and and this it even even branches into I may not know a language, right? I know SQL yes. very well, yeah, yeah, but I don't know Python very well or Scala. But both of these are are yeah. translation like where I may just be like, hey, I know yeah. I can do this in you know like Databricks. So I can do all three. But we want our, you know, hardcore ETL in Python or something. Can you translate this joint, this series of joins, or do this ETL and like oh. have it just write it for me, and then validate the test use case? Where, where I think this stretches the mind even further, Tommy, is like in its current form, it's a search box. But like, I think the uh, the thing that caught my attention was when the OpenAI guys were talking about this. Like, essentially, AI should be should be capable in enough way to be personalized AI for everyone, right? In a form that is a product that is much better than just a search box. Right. And when you start talking about that, it's like, hmm, well, what do you mean by that? <laughs> like, okay, hmm? welcome, welcome to the the future. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think this is really interesting to like 
have the language translation things on it for you. I mean, at some level, it's it's going to get better. So I think we're in a, we're at a place where this is going to continue to increase in performance. But you know, simple things like, hey, I used to know how to write this SQL statement, and I want to have it changed over to Python, or I want to write a function around this, or I know how to write this function in Python, and I need it to be written in Java, like. Things yeah. like that are going to be very interesting yeah. to see how this tool continues to evolve there. Because again, okay, for the longest time, I've never really used Bing. Bing has never been interesting to me. And just because it doesn't seem to return results that I find impactful. And so all of a sudden, now you have this tool that has an, an ability to like really search through things. And it's, I think if you add, so here, here's my opinion on some of this. I was watching um, Linus Tech, I think it's LTT. Um, I'm not sure how, to, I don't know how it's, he's based out of basically, I think Vancouver, uh, Canada. Um, but anyways, he was going through a video and kind of reviewing chat GPT. They got access, they were doing a video on it and they were going through and just kind of like prompting it with the, yeah, Linus tech tips. Yeah. Sorry. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> um, but Linus tech tips was going through this and I was mesmerized for probably about an hour of just watching them prompt chat G the, the Bing chat GPT, like it is way stronger now that they've been able to. So the idea here is the chat GPT that you play with today is only looking at like models that are out there. And it's not really using the search of the internet to also inform its decisions. What they've done with the new chat GPT and in, inside Bing is like, they call it like chat, you know, GPT 3.5, right? But they've enhanced it with it. They've now added the search engine of things that chat GPT can know about. So now it's, and it basically can search these different things and they had a question on there that was absolutely incredible to me. They asked, can you go to the LTT story, their, their store, and approximate a backpack and how many backpacks could I fit in a various car, like the back of a car? And the thing searched the internet for the size of the backpack. It was, it specific, it was specific, a Tesla. It was they, like, like okay, a Model a Tesla. T Tesla yeah, or right. something. They had a very specific car. Yeah. They're yeah. like, this car, this this trunk, how many LTT backpacks would fit in this car? And so it literally looked up the car, it looked up the backpack, it found articles on both, and then it found words in one article that said the Tesla trunk could handle four or five suitcases, and then it knew the volume of the... Um, uh, the LTT store backpack was smaller and then estimated another six or seven backpacks. And then it showed its work. It said like, because the backpack is squishable and it may have like stuff in it or not, you might be able to fit a couple more because if you can compress them, it would, That's you're thinking to myself, it's literally like I asked like Tommy or Seth, like, Hey, let's, you know, what do you, what do you think? Like do a Google search for like an hour, figure out what this may look like. And then mm -hmm. approximate to me, like how many backpacks you'd, you'd shove in this car. Like, it was very well done, and I was very impressed. I was like, if this is going to be the new way that you search for things, where it not only provides you an answer, but it actually scans like images or text. Um, they also had uh, another another question. They were going down the, the rabbit hole of, let's go to the LTT store and let's look at, let's go ask questions about the the comments or the ratings that came back from that product. And I'm thinking to myself, okay. Anyone could just use this technology to go, here's a product URL. Tell me what's the most popular comment. What's the non-most, like it's, it's doing summarization right. of things. Like it's, it, I was like, I was floored. I was like, holy smokes, this is yeah. going to change how people look at things. And then I'm looking at it going, well, how does this chat GPT thing? Like, well, not even just GPT. How does, how does this overlay on top of like Power BI datasets now? 
what will that do? Can you build a report and can you ask questions of it in a more intelligent way? And it will just find more observations around the report. I, yeah. Anyways, I'm, I'm, I was absolutely floored when searching for things with it. And I think it's going to be really impressive when they start coming out with this. It's going to be one of these cases, like you just need to know it's there. You need to know how to use it and know how to yeah, leverage it. Just like exactly. Power BI. And for, Anyways. Most us, and for most of us at this point in time, if you've forgotten to go get your sweetheart a card for Valentine's Day, chat GPT is fantastic. Poem. Creating poems. Oh, yeah. Notes. Just, mm -hmm. just type, type in your significant other's name, the criteria that you want to include, and um, it does a good job. Don't tell her that you use chat GPT. And then, you can, and then you can handwrite it. <laughs> I love it. Way to go, Seth. Just helping helping our, our listeners out. If you're up at 7.30 in the morning on uh, <laughs> on Valentine's Day. On a 14th and, uh, of February. You need a little help, we're here for you. So is ChatGPT. <laughs> exactly right. You can just copy it verbatim. It is amazing, though. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see where it goes. Anyways, I, I'm, I'm excited to see this tech. I think this is going to be really cool. It'll also be able to see, interesting to see where this technology intersects with what's going on in Power BI with data things in general. Um, because more of those remedial tasks, I think, will continue to be automated. I would say this, though. I think it'll get better. However, it will make mistakes, and it will make mistakes that will be much harder to detect. So, like, it will be off on very small things, like details, that maybe it researched a website or a page that was a bit older versus the newest device. Like, if you ask it, like, what were the, you know, things that were currently out there? Like, what what is the, you know, the most recent iPhone specs or something something just came out, right? It may not be all the way up to speed on all those new items. So you may actually get some interesting results. So I still think you have to be very cautious about reading it, making sure that you know what's going on. But I think it's going to be able to, in some ways, it's going to be able to fool a lot of people, I think, if you really don't know what you're talking about. So anyways. I agree. Moving on, let's do it through yes. some uh, quick sponsors today. We are uh, promoting some events that are coming up here in the near future. Um, SQL Bits is an event coming up in the UK at the ICC Wells. Uh, it is going to be from March 14th through the 18th, and you can visit SQLBits.com. If you'd like 5% off or a 5% discount on your tickets, please use Power BI Tips 5 to get 5% off of your ticket as you register for the SQL Bits conference. Next We're excited month. to have that. 30 days. Next month, right? It's coming up quick. Yeah. And then uh, moving on to the Power BI Global Summit, which will be March 6th through the 10th, globalpowerbisummit.com. Uh, that is an event that will help people just learn a lot about Power BI. There's going to be tons of speakers. I think, there's a, I think I saw an advertisement for it, over 140 different speakers. Wow. Um, so just a lot of people, a lot of great knowledge that's going to be shared there. So highly recommend that as well. It's all virtual. There will be two sessions running. Uh, one in the morning and an evening. Therefore, everyone should be able to see a session across the world. Uh, anyone should be able to catch every kind of session if they want. Each each session is repeated, you mean? That's what I meant. That was very confusing. Each session is repeated so that way you'll be able to catch it no matter what time zone you're in. That's kind of what I meant to say. Yeah, sure. Let's try that again. Chat GPT, okay. please refine <laughs> the advertisement for uh, Global Parvia Summit. Thank you. <laughs> oh, goodness. Anyways. Today, we're gonna to pick up a topic here. Uh, and our topic is kind of around, we, we played up a little bit of a plan words here. We're doing the love for Excel or Power BI. So where, where, does, your, where does your lover lie? Either Excel or Power BI. Yeah, see, I rhymed, that's a, a rhyming thing. Anyways. You take that out of context and. Hey, no one's gonna clip this. I'm pretty sure we're okay. Yeah. 
All right. Um, let's move on. Uh, Seth, do you want to do a, a favor here and, and read us the mailbag? You are the Ooh, official mailbag, mailbag reader. This is this is a mailbag topic. I don't know who the mailbag is from, but the question is, is there a time when I should use Excel over Power BI? The situation I'm thinking about is when I need to input different values to analyze various scenarios. One limitation I see with Power BI is I cannot create a calculated table that is updated with a slicer. To me, I cannot do a discounted cash flow without this option. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum. Dot, dot, dot. So this this is a well, and the the challenge here that they describe is very much a real challenge. There is no concept of a dynamically calculating um, table. However, you can do virtual tables, which will then output information that you need inside the context of a measure. But this is when I have to call Greg Baldini and be like, Greg, I don't understand what's going on here, Greg. You need to help me out with this virtual table thing because there ain't no way I can figure out how to get this thing to calculate correctly. And usually Greg comes up with this magic, you know, thing. Oh, by the way, the filter context needs to transition 15 times and you've got to just add and divide by two. And then he gives me an answer. It's like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. So Greg, Greg's the, the end all be all of virtual tables. I've gotten stuck many times with virtual tables, but he is so smart on this. So I have to believe here that this is very much doable. Uh, it would definitely be achievable. And I have some thoughts on this one, so I'd, I'd be curious. Let's kind of just start there. What are your guys' thoughts? Either, either there, there's like yeah. two parts of this question. There's like Excel or Power BI, and then there's this other question around like, well, I can't do this calculated table dynamic thing. So I think there's like kind of main two main topics along here. What do you well, want? I to think the first? biggest problem is yeah, there's there's always a solution, but I, what I really like about this question or this topic today is. This is more than just one particular solution. And the difference between Excel and Power BI is Excel, you can be much more dynamic. Like whatever you create in that virtual table and you publish, well, that's all that user has access to until you make an edit. With Excel, you can have some, what someone's already created for you and you can edit on the fly and you can be very customizable. Yes, that's less governance, but at the same time, and a lot of times too, we need to adjust more than one value. One, there's more than one widget that needs to be adjusted. And I think for what I, what I hear a lot, and I'm hearing from BI teams, I'm hearing from organizations where it's like, well, we really like Power BI, but we have all these other factors and all these other tools that we're using in Excel that we need to adjust on the fly. And it's like, I don't know if Power BI makes the most sense, especially when one, it's more than just one what if, or one virtual table. And then two, it's something that needs to be adjusted a much more flexible and much more customizable. And that's where I'm at. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that one as well, Ty. So I wanna unpack this a little bit. I mean, one part I think of the, of the question here is, when do I use Excel over Power BI? So I have a couple thoughts on this one. Surprise, surprise. Um, first thought is, if you're loading data into any kind of data model at all, if you're, you know, my, what I'm seeing here probably is there's there's probably a handful of transformations. They're probably loading some information from other Excel sheets. I'm making a broad assumption here, based on this is what I typically see people doing. I would 100% start if you're gonna if you think you need that high flexibility of being able to add other calculations. I would most certainly start with Excel. I think that's a very fair place to to begin. However, what I would say is start modeling your data as if you would model it inside Power BI. So if you're going to load data, don't just copy paste information into Excel. Instead, use Power Query, 
to load that information in. Try to build as much of a data model as you can before you get to a place where you actually need to input variables. That being said, I definitely have found that the Excel Power Query engine is, it seems like it's behind Power BI, which also seems like it's behind uh, Power Query Online. So there's, there's clearly different flavors of Power Query, and there are things that you can do inside Power BI, you know, the data loading there versus Excel. So, you know, be aware if you're going to be doing this and you're going to load data through the Power Query through Excel, you're going to be limited in features because there's things that are just not there. And the experience of editing, building, creating data models is just not as refined, I think, as you'll find inside Power BI. So that, that's one of the main challenges there, I think, you, that you're going to see um, from a data modeling perspective. Any thoughts? Do you guys agree? Don't care? I think the difference, though, to your point is, so, but I think that's a little, to me, that's, um, that kind of veers off the path a little here because everything you said, I, I do agree with, but I think for the sake of this question, how many Excel files have you seen that don't have a data model? Uh, they're not necessarily, they need Power Query. And yes, I can, we can talk about that forever. Do you, we always need Power Query, but there's a lot of times there's a lot of input from data. Maybe you call it legacy, call whatever you want that it's bad practice from a data modeling point of view, but businesses still rely on the old formulas in Excel and connected to files and sheets. Is there a situation to upgrade? Sure. But I, I want to focus at least on more of this use case or the conversation that I think the, uh, our, our mailbagger had is this is old formulas that are still hugely reliant on these Excel files that no, have nothing to do with power query. The, the question was specific about how do they get something to work in Power BI because they can't, right? It, so yeah. so we're, we're opening up a, a, a whole slew of parts of this conversation, right? So I, I think what I want to do is answer the first question, which is what does Excel do better than Power BI? Because I think, I, I still think there are scenarios. One is ad hoc analysis, right? If I just want, if I have a data set that gets dumped out in, in, whatever, if somebody passes over a file, if I'm extracting data from some system and I need to do a quick roll up, Excel, power pivot, like just pivot, pivot tables. I want to gain some insights. I want to roll up the data. It, it's, it's a fraction of the time as opposed to like loading that up into Power BI, having it like run through Power Query, throw a visual to get like, it's all unneeded to do that because it's time savings. I'm just, trying to, I'm just trying to get a quick insight on a roll up of data and then I can make my answer. The other thing is potentially like periodic reporting. And there are points, and this is there's a nuance here because I agree in that um, just because you have a, a reporting system set up in Excel does not mean that that's an efficient use of people's time because I think that dovetails into what we talk about, which is this um, virtuous waste problem. And we can talk about that later. But ultimately, like if there's periodic reporting, that requires manual entry of random data that still comes in and you don't know what that's going to be. I still think there's, and you already have formulas for aggregation in Excel. Like why, why rebuild something provided that that periodic reporting and my manual manual entry is super fast. Like all I'm doing is like typing in a few things that are all manual entry and then everything downstream just like automatically aggregates and rolls up. That makes a ton of sense to me because it's de designed and developed in such a way that 
it's not a huge time sink from somebody. Mm-hmm. Where it falls apart, I think, is where, or where Power BI is better, is when we're talking about reporting outputs from systems that aren't easily accessible. Mm-hmm. One, right? Fantastic. If I need to join data together, pull it from different systems, like it's a no-brainer. Why would I do that in Excel or go through that effort? Because I'm already um, creating ETL like processes that then if I'm doing it in Power BI, it can reuse, right? In in mm-hmm. other places. Um, I I can dump out data in paginated if it's from you know a source system people just need access to, and then the Power BI reporting for insights. And I'm not saying that you can't do analysis on models, but what I am saying is like there's a difference between that and ad hoc stuff that is is fantastic for in Excel. So I will also agree with the chat here. The chat's definitely talking about here. The Excel table experience is by far the best experience around tables. Yeah. And I wish yeah. RBI would actually take some notes here and make a stinking table just like the Excel tables. Like, hey, I would love to have a table inside Power BI that would have a drop-down menu for each column and let me filter those items and it would change the list of number of records inside that table. I would also agree with that one. One thing that the user points out here that I, I'll jump onto your comment there as well, Seth, like for simple analysis, Excel is my choice for just getting some numbers together and doing a quick sum or an average or like just building a couple formulas around some key, like just simple numbers. Like that's my go-to. If I'm checking a number, if I'm doing spot checks, I don't even use a calculator. I will I will choose Excel over using a calculator just to pound out a couple quick formula-based you know, calculations. Um, so that's one that I for sure will use it for that one. Um, I also like this idea. So the idea here of I have, and this is maybe the second part of the question here where he's talking about, or he or she, I don't know who asked the question. The person has asked a question around, I cannot create a calculated table that is updated based on these various parameters. And to me, this is interesting because when you're in Excel, you can turn that feature on or off, but by default, Excel has the auto calculating feature on. So every time you touch a cell or enter a new number, it will recalculate the entire sheet or workbook depending on your settings. So to me, that is that is one thing that is very different from Power BI because Power BI, when you're building tables in Power BI or anything in Power Query, it only calculates it when you load it. The only thing that's dynamic every time something changes is the measure. So you have to get smarter about what your measures are doing in order to produce some sort of dynamic calculation. So to me, you know, the one of the advantages of Excel is that feature turning on the auto calculate feature, which that really is kind of meeting their need here. And then the ability to have an input cell that lets you type in any number you want. So if you had, you know, 15 parameters and you want to adjust them, you can type in any number you want in there, but it's more open-ended, I would say, because you can do the exact same thing with Power BI where you have a, a field parameter and you build a field parameter that has a range of numbers that you can select with a slicer. or And then if you change the slicer slightly, you can then just type in the number. So it actually has a single number that you could enter in. So technically in Power BI, you can do the same thing. You can type in numbers, except you have to have controlled limits of like what is the minimum and the maximum for that number. So it's a lot more design work, yeah. I think, in Power BI because those those pieces or those elements of data must be included in the design of the model to begin with. 
That's a great point. Um, I, I was doing an experiment. I had three what if parameters. To, yeah, it's what if parameter. And, and, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yep. And but the 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 complexity ramps up very quickly with Power BI compared to Excel. The more you need to add, the more variables you need to add to that what if. Yes. Exactly um, right. In, in that ex in the experiment that I was working on, I mean the the DAX measure was insane in, in terms of like just making sure that each part was updating the way it should compared to Excel, where yeah, like you're because you're doing one cell at a time. Uh, so Power BI, like, yes, can you solve it and can it work? Mm -hmm. Sure. But one, you need to have great skill on DAX. You yes. need to be experienced in it. And again, it's also, it's, it's structured to your point. It's structured by design. It's not yes. meant to be super flexible by yeah. design. One thing I'm actually surprised we haven't discussed um, at this point is if you want to talk about a great feature to work from a database point of view, but also allow that flexibility, honestly, is Power Apps. Um, I think that's, if you want to talk about what's another upgrade, I don't know if it's necessarily Power BI where this grow up story is. Say that again? How do you I think, think Power Apps? I'm not seeing Power Apps in my opinion. I, You're I, not? Just, I get so stuck on the licensing of Power Apps that makes me just turn over and just like die. It's just, <laughs> okay, I get you. It's okay. So I like me, the idea of it. I really love the idea of it. It's just, it's so go ask the pricing's all wrong. So, uh, but go ask chat GPT. <laughs> why you should farm. No, so <laughs> let, let, at least let, let me try to sell you a bit on this. I'll, I'll get my elevator, elevator's okay. uh, pitch here. Re restate what, like what scenario do you think? It's a good grow in? up story for these types of scenarios that are business dependent. If you're trying to get from Excel to power BI, I don't know in this scenario, that it's okay. just lay, lay it out for me. Yeah. So Power Apps do allows for a lot more flexibility. You don't need to worry about a complex stacks or like function formula that you would have to do in Power BI. You, there's no way around it if you need more than one variable or if you're dealing with a lot of different elements. Um, from Power Apps, you can put in all those input values and Correct. be able to create something that's business dependent. And I'm not saying this is for any ad hoc. But I think for a lot of situations, and I bet you the mailbagger, this is something the business relies on in their Excel file. Power Apps allows you to easily create that and manage that. And then you can actually input that to a database once they're happy with the results. But I can do all these input values because I guarantee you in this case, there's more than one. Because if it's more than one, yeah, Power BI, great. But there's more than one input. There's more than one variable that you need to adjust, whether it's a slider or a slicer or just a input your number. Uh, I think Power Apps makes a lot more sense. And I get the licensing side of this. I do. I do. I know. But, it's just that's just what no, I, I mean, get hung like, up most of the time. I know, I, get, I know. If it's one person, it's probably not a big deal. Right. If you, but if you're right. gonna share this, if you're gonna give this report to any more than like three or four people, the the expense of that power app running yeah. in a power bay report or even just running 100%. the power app, it starts getting more expensive. And I'm yeah. like, mm, at that point in time, I'm looking at other solutions that might be more a bit more robust. Anyway, if I'm gonna yeah. spend so much money in it, right. or I'm gonna have to continually pay right. for an app every single month, right. like if I could just buy it outright and say, Okay, this is my app, I'm gonna buy it done, move yeah. on. Then yeah. that's different, but the fact that I I'm have lost. to continually pay for that over and over again just it makes I'm, me I'm lost. not want to use I'm it. Lost. I think what I'm trying to say is for a lot of input variables, I don't think Power BI is going to be always the grow up story, or you just stay in Excel. What uh, what is the output of the Power App then? Like we're we're talking about yeah. I think multiple different sources of input and creating an output of data think, through Power Apps. Yeah, let me yeah. let me let me. Yeah, yeah. Let me round this out, Seth, a little bit more in Power BI terms. I think what Tommy's getting to, and Tommy, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm trying to read what you said and just kind of interpret. 
The Power App can be used to input a series of parameters that could be stored in a, some common location, a SQL mm -hmm. server, a SharePoint list, whatever. You can direct query that source of information. So the idea is the Power, the, the power App could produce number ranges. You could set up fields and input stuff. Then when you use it in Power BI, the direct query portion of that would immediately pull in those tables and so those tables are always updating as you submit the data directly to the Power App. So the Power App could sit on side of your report as an input mechanism. You type in what you want, you hit save, that when you click back on the report, the report immediately picks up those new numbers again right from that SharePoint list because right. it's direct query querying them, it's not import mode. And so now right. those can be yeah. immediately used in the, any of the calculations you build inside Power BI. Is that kind of where you were going, Tommy? Mike, you're my bing. You're my chat, I'm your chat GPT. You're, you're I'm Tommy's chat GPT. GPT. Yes, no, 100%, 100%. So the round robin circle works. You can, in within like seconds, you can then enter data, you can hit save, and then it saves it, and then it's you can the then use version, that, those records version, right back basically. into the report. So yeah. it, that makes sense. But again, to your point, Tommy, like there's so much work to build all those pieces just to get like a couple input variables on top of a table, which I could just smash out inside Excel in like 20 minutes, yeah. maybe less. Well, I would argue if this is something that's more than just an ad hoc analysis, if this is something like the business is doing on a weekly, monthly basis, that it makes more sense to do it in Power B, uh, Power Apps than it would in Power BI. Weekly, monthly basis. So well, why would I need a Power basis. App versus just having an Excel doc? But at this point, though, he's like, this is an alternative to what you could do with Excel. So yeah. you could either do Excel guess, where like, you'd say, let's pair Power BI with right, Power App. I, I, I guess where the I'm same thing. I guess where I'm confused is if we're talking about a weekly monthly basis, it's highly unlikely I'm going to pay for power apps and or put the, put in the development time to have something that's going to real time direct query me these parameters for a report. I just don't see the business. I, I'm hearing you. I like power apps is something that you could plug into or have as part of your application where somebody's maintaining the information that is populating the report. Well, then if, they, well, if yeah. The frequency isn't there, though. I, but but, I but then we're going to, we'll, we'll just go to the, the cons of Excel then, right? We've talked about where Excel excels, so to speak, or where Excel does a great job. But then there's still a lot of things with Excel that we can't rely on or uh, are the negatives. And I think you want to shoot, especially if we're going to, if we're going to keep the scenario of the business dependent weekly, monthly cycle. The, the governance, the structure, right? Where you can, yes, you can do it in Excel where someone's easily protecting cells or certain cells, but also anyone can edit or input certain values. Yes, you can set it up for everything with data validation, but a lot of times we don't see that. Writing back to a database or writing back to a source, you know, again, when we're dealing with Excel, usually it's a, it's a connection or it's an exported data set. So it may be out of date. And to me, those are two things when we use Excel that we're, we're going to, those are the threats, so to speak. I don't know if you would agree with that or not. Well, I mean, data, data, data validate, the, like the, the risk of having source data in Excel is what you're saying? No, the data validation of you input a number that's not in a sense valid, like where you're supposed to put a percentage in, you're putting in a whole number, or there's a certain values that are allowed from a drop down point of view. So here's where I'll go with this one too. So I want to kind of, the chat is going a little bit of a different direction here. The chat is sure. talking about like, so a couple Alex Powers brought up an idea of like, hey, well, why not just skip the whole 
thing and go right into like go buy a, an advanced visual like the info river table visual where if you buy that visual you can do immediate write back on things and so like literally you can go into the visual type in the numbers that you need in the cells of that visual and it will calculate what you want you can build the formulas directly inside the visual and now you're really actually adding the full capabilities of like excel directly inside power bi so i think I think I, th I definitely think this is a good idea, and I also would agree. I think a lot of these write back solutions, like Power On has one, uh, Info River has one. I think these are great solutions in exchange for you know adding comments or doing things or editing forecasts or you know adjusting your numbers in real time. I think those are great solutions. So I like those. I think they're a reasonable price compared to what you get from them, comparatively to like a Power App, right? I could just pay for the visual, and then it just kind of works. Right. I think it's more cost economical than what a power app would do so I, I think that's also a really good one as well ace aries yeah uh is an um actuaries actuaries i don't know how to say that one um but greg that's another good one as well out there too yeah another right back visual but where where i was thinking here about this um in the the delineation between excel and power bi i think i also want to point out here too it also i think to your point seth very early conversation was it matters where the data comes from like i think i think it's very important because you can you can build a data model or you can pluck tables of data from the Power BI model and you can load them into Excel and then do any kind of analysis on that, on the Excel sheet itself. And now you can also publish that Excel file with a live connected table. So now there's now there's this concept now of live connection tables that go directly to Excel where you can pull in 500,000 rows uh, or less right now with a live connection. And I think to me, this is where I'm seeing like, the gap between what Excel does and what Power BI can do is starting to close. And I still think, you know, Excel's the place to put in your input variables. Excel's the place to go get, you know, the, the quick manipulation, the auto calculate on a sheet. Those are advanced features. I think that Excel really does very well because it's, it's a mature product. It's been around for 30 years or more. I think that feat, like that capability combined with the fact that I can then start more connecting my Power BI models, you know, you can, you can stick an Excel sheet or you know, connect live connect an Excel document, publish it to PowerBI.com, bundle it with an app, and now you can have an Excel-based input mechanism that lives inside your Power BI report. So I I think there's also advantages here too of like, yeah, Excel does the input cells really well, does table building really well. How can I more closely bring that experience directly into my Power BI app so I still get the same functionality, but it's still part of the same bundled the distribution package. One thing I would say Excel's not good at is sharing content. So sharing content or having a catered way of being able to, you know, once you've built that analysis, communicating and or sharing that analysis, you, you could spend a lot of time cleaning it up, making it look good. So I'm not saying you can't do it, but the number of organizations I walk into where people just Excel email files around doesn't seem very helpful. There's not this rich sharing and distribution mechanism that I think that comes with PowerBI.com. So that is a very good point. And I think the chat too about the live connection, which can yeah. solve. And I think Chris Webb has done a few articles where you can take the pivot table yep. and basically write a query. So if you yes, need correct. to actually get that table. Uh, no, I, I honestly, I, I don't think I've explored that enough in, or enough scenarios to see like, do, could that solve a lot of these questions that we're having? Mm -hmm. But probably. I think it gets you really doggone close. Yeah. It may not be exactly the same thing so again, I'm trying to I'm trying to come back here to the main core of the question. When do I use Excel and when do I use Power BI? Right. 
I think if you're trying to connect to regular data consistently, if you need tables of information, if you're trying to build a meta, uh, a meta, a schema around what your data lives and how it works, I think you're going to try to try to use Power BI more than you'd want to use Excel, right? If I'm going to share the content, I'm probably trying to think about more Power BI features than I am Excel. When it comes to like what this question is specifically is I need very wild or random input fields that will then recalculate things on the fly very quickly. Okay, now I'm thinking I'm going to probably use Excel for those things. But there's also this really weird intersection, I think, between like, can you use the models that are coming from Power BI and then connect them to Excel at the very last step to be able to do the calculations that you need? I think there's an opportunity there. And I think it's, I think that experience is, I think Microsoft is improving that experience because they see this as an advantage for them compared to their competitors. Like Tableau doesn't do this. You know, Click doesn't do this. Uh, they're, they're kind of uniquely positioned in this area to use that AS model, that analysis services engine to help Excel be more effective. So that's where I would kind of like, you'd say, you know, it's, it's I, such a great I, line I here. With, I agree with that, right? The anytime you're going to go through the the heavy modeling exercises in Excel, the vast majority of the time, I would say it's probably better off in Power BI. The exception would be is all of that data just used in tables and tables and tables because of the, the particular use case. Then maybe, maybe it's fine in Excel, but you're still going to have a sharing problem above and beyond, like just not having better mechanisms to do that, which we now have Agreed. in Power BI. Yes. What's interesting to me about this conversation in general, and I think we've touched on this previously a little bit, but <clears throat> I, I would argue that while there are use cases for Excel, there are a lot more use cases for Power BI. However, I think it, I think it, the struggle revolves around the people using the different tool sets. And what I mean by that is mm -hmm. most people don't know or think about what they want or need when looking at data. And and they, I, I don't think they get to the insightful part where it's actually we can produce things that, that will automatically give you an actionable thing. You can make a decision based on something you looked at. Um, I think yeah. most business mm -hmm. people stumble along. They don't know. They don't think. They don't give the forethought of like, what is the, the thing I need to look at so that I can decide something? They, they stumble along, they look at data until they find a solution. And within there, they've figured out a whole bunch of manual steps in Excel, copying from four different reports, pulling it into an Excel document, doing some transforms, doing some calculations, and then two hours later, they have their report. But there's never a thought or an understanding that all of that can be automated and how they found themselves in this end end position can be solved with a with a report build process. So I think it's more about education of the end users where there's a grow up story here where it's like, hey, there's absolutely use cases for ad hoc and Excel shines in there. There's base reporting, right? Where uh, we have periodic data that gets added in, formulas you can create to like roll things up, but it should take you like five minutes. To, to refresh that report. But then what happens after that, right? And I think That's this is where there's, we know there's a huge opportunity in organizations for uh, um, minimize like uh, efficiencies, which is automating your reporting, right? If you're pulling from reports to generate your own report, the data is there. 
right? The data is from somewhere. And what it takes is somebody to tell you where and how so that you could, hey, at worst, at worst case, connect to those four different sources in Power BI and consolidate it into the data set that you're going to work with consistently. And then you go build your uh, additional you know, uh, aggregations on top of that within Power BI. But that's an automated report that you don't have to care about anymore. So yeah. the... Yep. The idea that you're investing time into those efficiencies is huge because like this is the virtuous waste conversation. We know people are every week going in and probably shooting a day's worth of their time just moving data around, mm -hmm. right? And we have tools now that you don't have to do that and you shouldn't be doing that. So once you like remove that, now we're in the Power BI land and then you should be thinking about insights. Power BI is fantastic in terms of creating visualizations that allow you to understand your business, understand your areas, and allow you to take actions off of those. And I just don't think we've yeah. done enough of a job leaning into organizations. And this is where the whole adoption roadmap comes from, because you have to provide a path for business users or progression for them to understand there are multiple steps after them just getting their answer right because like getting their answer and it takes them two hours every week to get the answer is not efficient there's much better ways they can they can do their job and i think this is where the the separation between excel and power bi comes in because you can take a lot of the things that are really inefficient in terms of people's processes where and where and how they use Excel and put them in an automated fashion in Power BI. Because just because Power yep. Query exists in, in Excel, just because you have these capabilities to join and merge data doesn't mean people are using them. The vast majority of Excel users are not. And it's just a very inefficient 30 tab, you know, thing that's uh, completely uh, prone to error and risk and formulas and all that kind of stuff that you want to rip out, you want it automated, and you also want to centralize that business logic into a reusable data set. And that, that's like the, the, the Power BI model to support just that, that reporting is like bare minimum before a BI team is going to take that and then escalate it to an enterprise level. So I think to me, this is like that whole progression, breaking it down to that grow up story and teaching people that there are a lot more capabilities that are readily accessible to people that weren't before. And this is the path that they, they should follow depending on the, the use cases and the needs they have. I totally agree with that one. And I, th I think, I think this is, I think this is also the technology is shifting a bit, right? The tech, so the technology is changing, which is then informing better processes or the people or the individuals working on this, have to kind of like start learning new ways of doing things and so i think the struggle is going to always be you know do i just do it on excel because that's what i've known and loved it works or do i start trying to adventure into these more advanced pieces and so when my a very first comment here was talking about like power query and how it's different and all the kind of stuff i think there is learning paths you can go down with excel that if you ever decide to take a load of data and go from well it was excel but i want to migrate it into power bi i think by forming good practices up front and learning more about Excel, you can then more easily migrate yourself into a sustainable product or a shareable product like Power BI. So I think I think we're going to continue to see the lines blurring between Excel, Power BI, making it more common between both tools. 
and re- I, re- I really like the um how tightly integrated it is and i think this is part of the success story of like why power bi is so great because it is so much like it, it is in excel but yet is uniquely different no i i love both those pieces as you were talking seth i wrote down two things like process output and i think for any situation with excel there is a path and a, a journey towards this can be automated there is this data is coming from somewhere there's some structure that we can put around this that actually can become a, a, a data model and a report because it's all coming from somewhere. It's just the process is not in place yet. The definitions are not in place yet. But that being, And then always the output, wherever those Excel files live or whatever they're trying to do, whether it's the whatever, the ad hoc, well, they're trying to share it. Like that's usually not just for an individual. In a good amount of the cases, right? And... To me, it's it's all like just thinking about this and reflecting on this. It's it's about the what's the process right now, and you can migrate that if you understand that process. That can be a migration towards a model, towards a report that okay. now okay. is organizational, shared, and now actually goes through the um, the hoops that we need it to go through. From us, we know we can validate it. We know that it's coming from our data, uh, and we know that it's it's clean. And then the output is now it's actually being shared with everyone. I, I think the biggest thing is going through and that migration on calling it unstructured in Excel. And where what does that process look like now? How can like how can we still get people to validate it? Maybe like I said, we're talking about a lot of different tools here, but it's it's all about these Excel files, the process and output. The more we can understand it, I think we can tackle them. And I think I don't know, you could put a random number out there, but 60% of these Excel files that businesses are using can probably be in a model, probably be in Power BI and live there and, and perform effectively and perform the, the, the purpose that they have. I agree. And I, I, think the, I think the business questions are getting more, I think we can also do more with what we've had previously, right? I'm, I'm seeing a trend in, yeah. you know, there's business users that are doing all this data manipulation you know, have been previously, right? And so then, you know, we 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 pull from lake houses, we pull from data marts, we, these are things that we, we get our information down to make good decisions. I'm seeing with the technology, the technology with Power BI and particularly Excel, Power Query, all these other things, it's allowing us to push closer to where that raw data lives. We're able to get closer to that initial step where we don't necessarily need IT to cater and groom the data as much for us we now have access further upstream. And I think to me, that's where the big impact of this is coming from. The further upstream we go towards that raw data source, the more power we have to, or more impact we can have around shaping the data, making the decisions, giving the data in a way that we want. But I always want to like think about here, what is the grow up story of that solution that you build, right? So if I build a solution Excel, how do I mature that as a solution? Like if the business is making real decisions on that Excel file that are critical to the business, how do I take that Excel object and migrate it into something that becomes a every day, every week, you know, something that's a bit more hands-off, more automated? That's what I'm thinking about. So I'm, I'm full, you know, if you're prototyping things, yes, leave an Excel, no problem. But if your Excel thing gains a lot of traction, it becomes very reliable. There's a lot of people making very strong decisions on it. I'm going to push you towards trying to figure out how to re-engineer that Excel file to rebuild it in a way that lets you leverage it inside a more, I'll call it enterprise grade tool. I mean, not that Excel isn't, but 
the number of projects I've been on where the person who ran that Excel file moved on and, you know, got a better job. And now you're stuck holding this Excel file. It's just massive and got a whole bunch of junk in it. It takes a long time for the next person to kind of unwind what's going through, going through Excel. So, you know, you fine, use it for prototyping, figure it out, make some simple decisions on it. And if it becomes to a point where you are regularly relying on that Excel file, I think then it, you actually can justify the expense or the time to figure out how would you build the equivalent type solution inside Power BI. I mean, we know those scenarios. I, I guarantee every business has several areas where people are spending a, a lot of hours every month putting yes. together reporting. And, yeah. and those In are those are the ones that you focus on because even if it takes two weeks to go, to go fix that process and mm -hmm. like two to three weeks build, building it, right? Yep. Like whatever the case, you're within a quarter or half year, you're going to like meet the, the, the costs of that, that effort and then, and get the benefit of data in a much faster time. And usually that's, that's where that comes into play is, is these yeah. scenarios where it takes a really long time for people to put all these numbers together, like weeks at a time. Right. And then you get your number five minutes before you need it, as opposed to making decisions on that number all throughout the month. And these are, those are that, those opportunities that Power BI just shines, but people need to know about. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I thought this was a great, a great uh, conversation. So, you know, in order to answer your question, I don't even know if we answered the question. When do you <laughs> use Excel? When do you use Power BI? I don't even know if we got to that answer, but I would say I still use both of them. I think my summary here would be is I would use Excel for more prototyping and quick, quick analysis that I need that I'm not intending to share. Once I figure out what I'm trying to build and understand the data structure, then I think I'm going back and looking at if it needs to be shareable, if it needs to be repeatable, I'm trying to rebuild or move things into Power BI. Um, so that would be kind of my sum my wrap of how I would how I would do this and how I would when should I use one or the other. I do think Excel has the strength in tables. Any other final thoughts before we wrap here? All right, sounds good. Well, that for this you know happy hour of time you burn with us we appreciate your time we thank you so much for sharing and um you know communicating here on the on the chat really great chat today um there's a lot of people passionate about both power bi and excel so um we love both of these tools i think they're awesome tools in and of their own rights uh, they do have their own use cases and you know hopefully you can from this conversation figure out where is the right blend of tooling that you need for your organization our only ask for the podcast is uh, we do all this just for fun, for free. And so our only request to you, the listener, is if you don't mind, if you like this conversation, if you got some nuggets of um, uh, wisdom, which I doubt you found any of those in this one, but if you if you laughed a little bit and you had a good time, uh, we'd appreciate you uh, share the podcast with somebody else. We really appreciate that. Tommy, where else can you find the podcast? And if you're really looking for a Valentine's Day gift for your loved one, share the podcast. They are definitely being <laughs> Oh, I love Even it. Even if you actually, if you hate someone, share the podcast. Yeah, it doesn't exactly. matter. 100%. Honey, I got you the best podcast on the internet about Ever. data. Yeah, and, here you go. Yeah, exactly. And make <laughs> sure to Valentine's. tell them to subscribe <laughs> Apple, Spotify, and watch live on YouTube on Power BI Tips. Leave a rating. Thanks. Thank you all so much. Appreciate it. And we'll catch you next time.